says, I want you to know that you are a winner. If you don't believe me, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 says this. Do not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. So run in such a way that you win. That is God's plan for your life when you're looking at whatever you're facing right now. God is saying, I want you to win. Have you ever been to Parents' Day? You know, and your children are running in the school sports day. And, you know, the whole, everybody's there, isn't it? And you're watching the egg and spoon race or, or the three-legged race or, or the sack race is my favorite because there's most injuries. Have you noticed that, isn't it? It's not, no, it's not nice to see people go over and hit their face on the floor. I like the parents' race. Have you noticed? Have you ever been in a parents' race? Right? You tell yourself, I'm a little bit older. I need to go a little bit careful, you know, because I'm not as young and as fit as I used to be. You tell yourself that until the gun goes off. Then for some reason, you know, I have watched this, you know, and I've watched somebody so determined to run so fast that their head went quicker than their legs. They fell over and then their back of their heels smacked them in the back of their head. They were so keen, you know. It wasn't pretty, but it was funny. Things that make me laugh, I shouldn't laugh at those things. But you understand? But God is there on the sideline as this loving father who's looking at your life going, come on, you're a winner. You are a winner. I want you to win. We have this image about God that he sits there going, tripped up. God is not like me. You'll understand from this message. You understand? God is going, come on, let us run. Thanks be to God. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. That who always leads us in triumph in Jesus. Right? Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Jesus. Romans 8 verse 37 says, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who's more than a conqueror? You're more than a winner. You know, it says overwhelming victory is yours through Jesus. I want to get into your spirit today. I want to get into your mind. I want to get into your brain, your whole ethic of going, I am a winner in God. Who wants that sort of message? Who wants to go into the work this week going, I'm winning? Who wants to go home? You know, I am winning. Who wants to face whatever challenge this week going, I am going to win this week? You know, we've always, you know, I, I used to play football in my leaner, fitter years. And, um, and uh, my goal average, by the way, for the gentleman in class, is, which is really high. So my average goals per game, don't want to brag because it's bad and pride comes before a fall, is 11. As a striker, my average goal was again was 11. Now, the reason for that is because you're thinking, Harwin, you are so amazing, aren't you? I, I can see that cynicism from this bit of the corner, right? The reason for that is I used to play in goal most of the time, right? Okay, um, but occasionally they switched me out and they put me on the sub, subs bench. And so I had to wait my time until about the 74th minute, you know, when they would bring me on. Just had this uncanny scavenging type thing by which I would put my body in the way and somehow fluke a goal. Only played two matches as a striker, scored three goals and I think about 11 minutes. I worked out my average is 11 goals per game, you know, and that's what I tell everybody now and then, isn't it? Mostly I've stuck the other end, just waiting, watching the balls go past me. But, you know, this, this moment is, but we love the moment when we score the winning goal. It's, it's, a, it's a winning thing, and, and God wants you to go, I want you to win in life. I want to show you a picture of your brain, if that's all right. So some of you think you're going to have to zoom in a lot. There we go. There is something in your brain right at the base of your skull called your reticular activating system. Anybody know that? I'm going to kind of click you in, and you're going to learn something about your brain. It's a bundle of nerves at your brain stem that filters out 
unnecessary information so that important stuff gets through. Let me tell you how this works. If you live by a train line, you know, every four minutes or eight minutes, depending on how busy a line you live by, a train goes by, what happens over time is your brain will filter out that noise because it's saying it is irrelevant information, it is not important for your life, and so it starts to discard it. It's the same with a road. If you've lived by a busy road, actually, when you first move in and you open the windows in the morning, you go, you know, and you hear the noise, you know, but over time, you start to filter out. Your brain's got that capacity to filter out, but it also has got this incredible capacity to bring to awareness what is relevant to your life. And so it's like a filter gate. So what is irrelevant? I'm going to leave. What is relevant? I'm going to come in. So uh, let's just give an example. Mike, what car do you drive? A Passat, is it? You know, what color is your Passat? Blue. Is it a unique color blue? Yeah? Dark blue, light blue? Silvery blue, isn't it? You know, what happens is once you've got one of these cars and any other car that you've driven ever since, you can spot that car model, you know, around wherever you go, you know? And so whatever car you is, you become more attuned to your car. Because one of the first things is, is that my car? Oh, no, the registers, and I'm driving mine. So that's definitely not mine. But you understand that's how your brain works, you know? And it, it basically, it's looking for pattern for information that is relevant for you. What's this got to do with winning? This is what I want you to do this week. I want to kind of log into your brain right now and bring it right to awareness of this is useful for me to know that God has designed me to be a winner. Because like last week, I talked about being thankful and full of gratitude. I'm going, I'm going to look for things to be really thankful in my life. For those who did, for those who got a little book and start to write some down, you're going to be aware of gratitude in your life. And let me tell you, this week you've been more thankful and you've realized how good God is. If you didn't do it last week, go home and do it again this week because God wants to speak to you about the good things in your life. But this week, he wants to tell you, you are a winner. Life wins in your life. So I, I want you to be like this kind of, Hungry lion looking for wins this week. Can you do that? So go, I'm just going I'm to, I'm a winner, right? Because let me tell you, the devil tells you you're what? A loser. Loser. How many of you have got that voice in your head whenever you do something? You didn't do that very well. Look at that, you know, man. And the devil is constantly undermining your thought about yourself. Why? Because he wants to diminish your creation. He wants to diminish your level because you are designed by God. You are, I am, who I say, who you say I am. We've just sang that. I am who you say I am. I was singing that going, that is right. Who am I in God? And God says, you are my son, Aaron. And I am that father who stood behind that race going, come on, Aaron, run in such a way that you are a winner. And in the moment you understand that God is cheering you on, going, win in life, you, you rise, isn't it? You know, when our parents sit there watching us when we're running as a child, you know, it's like we're here to make the moment. Some of you are thinking, Aaron, when are you going to get to the Bible? Well, this is where I am. So turn to Matthew chapter 5. Because this is why this connects with this. Because Jesus got a plan for your life. And I will tell you this, over the next few weeks, we are going to go through this passage of Scripture and we are going to walk in here. Because let me tell you, if you want to be a winner, then you listen to these words and you live them out, you will win. You will win. They are the words of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, it is the Sermon on 
the Mount. And we are going to go through, over the next seven weeks, the Sermon on the Mount, section by section, because each key, God is going to bring out and give you a key to winning in your life. The series is called Life Wins. Let's start it. One day, as Jesus saw the crowds gathering, he went up onto the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Whatever happens in your life, be happy about it. Have a winning mentality. Have a winning attitude because God wants to take you on a journey. I want you to notice the first thing that Jesus walks up to a mountain. Okay, this is key in the Bible because when God gave his revelation to Moses of the old covenant, he took him up a mountain. And he sat with Moses and he said, this is what I want to set before you and the people. That is the Old Testament. Jesus, when he brings the new covenant and he takes him up a mountain and he sits down, that rabbis within a Jewish culture would sit down to teach the word of God and he would create an environment on the hills of Jerusalem round there and they would sit and his followers go, whatever you are about to teach us right now, we are hungry. You know what I'm looking for during this series is when the word of God comes out because I believe Jesus is the word of God. Anybody believe the same? Yes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was not God, and the Word became flesh, and Jesus is the Word of God. So when Jesus comes in you know, and sits down and says, I want to teach you something about how to be a winner in life, I want you to get your Bibles out, and I want you to come and sit with Jesus. Jesus creates an environment for learning. He creates followers who want to listen. I don't want you to come and listen to me or whoever's speaking that day. I want you to come and listen to the words of God in your life, because it's God's Word that will change you. It's God's word that will come into your life and really alter your perspective. So let us come. Let, let's sit. Some of you have got phones, and on your phones, you've got a piece of software by which you can take notes. Now, here's the deal. During when we're listening to the words of God, take notes or tweet about what God is saying to you. Or Facebook, you get the message out there. That's fine. But let's not go on to next week's any do kind of list of things to do and things like that. Let's just focus on, I'm here to learn the words of God. They sat down. They listened to what God, and Jesus sets himself and sets a, a process out by which he starts to teach his followers. And he starts to teach them and he starts to prepare them about this new world, about this new kingdom. He starts to teach them about the future. In here, as we live this word, God is going to teach you about your future. He's going to teach you how to win and we need to get ready. It's like an inaugural speech. We often see in America when new presidents come in, there's that big inauguration, you know, when they stand up and, and a leader gets up and he basically puts out 
what is going to happen over the next few years. And we always watch to see what they're going to say. We have manifesto, and each party is going to come up and tell you why you should vote for them and why they're going to change your world and how brilliant they are. And they're all fighting for your vote and they're making promises and they're trying to draw you in. You know? And Jesus stands on top of this mountain and he says, let me tell you about the future kingdom. This is what he's doing in the Sermons on the Mount. To be a great inauguration address, what, this is what most presidents do. They unify the kingdom, they share guiding principles, and they talk about the limitations of power that applies to everybody, where nobody is above the law. Two of those apply to Jesus, the third one doesn't. The first two, Jesus is united in his kingdom. Let me tell you, as we gather around the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is uniting us together. He's bringing us and saying, guys, if we're going to win, if we're going to be a winning church, if we're going to be a winning family of God, this is what you need to learn. And then he goes through the principles of them. That second part, this is what it takes to win. This is what it takes to be part of my kingdom. But I asked a question on the third one about the limitations of power. How does this apply to Jesus? I found this. It applies to Jesus when Jesus suddenly says, I've not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. Verse 17, the same chapter I've just read. Fascinating about Jesus, by the way, because people were looking at Jesus going, oh, yeah, you know. And actually, if you go for the Sermon on the Mount, he actually said, you've heard it said. The Pharisees still teach you this, but I am teaching you this. And he basically raises the bar. And he deals this really key issue about actually there's many people in this nation talking about that situation who do what is right on the outside, but miss the inside. Talks about, you've heard it said about lust, you know, to an adultery. Talks about lust, talks about anger. Talks about whole really deep things. And what Jesus does, he takes the word of God and he starts to dig into the inner because this is what changes your life. When the words of Jesus get inside of you and change you from the inside, your behavior will change. I spoke last week about our, um, our weakness that we look at other people and we compare the world outside. We go onto Instagram, we go onto Facebook, we look at everybody else and then we think, oh, my life is not as good as that. And so we start outward and then we look inward you know, and go, oh, I'm not as good as that. You know? And then the devil tells us a loser. And then in our, in our down state, we then turn to God. And that's how we start. Outward, inward, upward. But the Sermon on the Mount changes the direction because what, what Jesus does, he says, firstly, I want you to look upward. I'm going to call this for this series the winning pathway. I want you to get into and understand when Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law. I've not come to abolish it. I am going to make the laws of God happen in your life. Your first point is when you look up to God. So when, if you're going to win, if you're going to go, let me tell you the secret to winning is to look for God tomorrow. First, before you do anything. You know, we say he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. You know, we just say that. Yeah, you're the beginning of everything. Nobody actually says you're the beginning of my day. You're beginning of the situation. You're beginning of this moment. You're beginning of that. And actually, we should start with God. The challenge of this week to be winning is to say, God, I'm going to give you the start of everything. Because here's the thing. When we look up to God and he opens up, then you know what God does? God says, okay. If you want to put me first, goes to second stage two. His word. How many of you notice that the word of God suddenly starts to do things in your life? 
Right, just a word of advice just as a fleshly pastor. Right, don't ask for patience this week. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have something that's going to test your patience. Right? That's not a lesson anybody really wants to do. You know, it is actually a very good lesson to learn, but very few of us ask for it. You know, God teaches his patience. But you understand, when, when we start to put God first, God says, actually, if I'm going to get you to be a winner, I need to change some of the inner stuff in your head. So negativity kind of is one of those things that sometimes God needs to change. In order to change you, I need to change your attitude. And start from hearing from what Aaron said on Sunday, you know, there's some good stuff in that. And, you know, actually, if you change your attitude into your workplace this week, things are going to alter for you. You know, some of us have low self-esteem. You know, and actually when we say, God, God, and if you take your low self-esteem, some of us are slightly insecure that we won't even take it to God. If you say, God, I'm just really struggling with my self, and God says, okay, this is how I'm going to change your inner purpose when it comes to your low self-esteem. You know what God does? Come here. And he gives you a hug. And he says this, I love you. And I'm right behind you. You know, some of the word is for someone this morning is simply this, that God loves you. That God is your loving Heavenly Father and he's standing there going, God, I am right behind you. Some of us have formed an opinion, by the way, that God is looking to trip us up and write everything wrong in our life and to punish us when God says, here, and he puts his hand out, I just want to pick you up, I want to hug you. You know what? When you start looking God upward and God starts to come in, but suddenly what happens inside of you, you shift, the inner you starts to shift. Your brain, your heart, your mind, body. And look, if you're going into it, suddenly, actually, I am loved. I am loved. You know, that will blow your low self-esteem out of the water to know that you are loved by God, isn't it? You know, you're walking to work. And this is the outward. This is the final winning pathway. You know, when you've moved from God to the inner to the outward, suddenly you're going, yeah, I'm loved by God. Because it's not, being loved has got nothing to do with what you wear. That's Instagram. That goes back to the reverse pathway of God. I'm just going to show on the outside. You know, I'm just going to try and compete. But in it's rotten. And actually Jesus in his word, he challenges the Pharisees and goes, guys, you've got it all wrong because you've got this nice paint version of yourself. And inside I know the truth. And we're so stuck with the truth that actually realize that God wants us to come and deal with us and change our whole way. The Torah was fulfilled through Jesus. And here, here's a revelation, by the way. I just kind of, and I don't know how to fully get this right. But Jesus is the Torah. Right? Jesus is the basis of the Word of God. The whole Sermon on the Mount, if you read it and read it again and read it again, if you read it so many times, this series, honestly, it's going to change your life because you'll keep coming to back and says, in me, Jesus says, I'm going to fulfill my will. The whole Sermon on the Mount is, how do I know the will of God? You find it in Jesus. And so our, our series is going to look like this. I want to paint it out for you because I want to put you on a journey because I want to whet your appetite of what God is about to speak through this series. The Beatitudes means blessed Happy, fortunate are you. Favored is the man who. Blessed is the man who. Okay? Which basically, every time you see that word, when you read it, it says you win. You win if you do this. And so life winning happiness is our, our next week's message that you become happy in the will and the purpose of God. You know, if you are, here's the thing I found. If I am in a good place with God, I am happy. 
If I'm not in the greatest place, things start to break down. So if we can get to this place and go, I'm looking upward today, you're going to win in God. You know what? Many people see the Beatitudes of how we can be blessed. You know, so it's about what we must do to be blessed. So if we want the kingdom of heaven, then we've got to be poor in spirit. Have you ever tried to be poor in spirit? It's funny, though, because we do. You know, if we want to be comforted, then we should mourn. Oh, I want to be comforted. I'm just going to cry. Just going to get some onions out. You know, just going to put it in my eye and I can cry. If we want to inherit the earth, we've got to be meek. If we want to be satisfied, we should hunger and thirst for righteousness. If we want to receive mercy, we've got to be merciful. If we want to see God, then we've got to be pure in heart. And you know what? We go back to this outer, right, right, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to get it right with God. I'm going to go throughout the week. Do you know what? If you read the Beatitudes in that way, you'll miss the point. Let me tell you what it actually means. Jesus is saying that we who are poor in spirits are now blessed because we can find the kingdom of heaven because Jesus has come. We who have been mourning in life because of life's sorrows can be comforted because Jesus is here. We who often have no inheritance or life resources or wealth can be considered to be the most wealthy and fortunate people on the earth because we have Jesus. We who are continually miserably fail and we struggle living up to the standards of righteousness can now be filled with the righteousness of God because we have Jesus. We who are merciful to others but are ourselves in need of mercy and forgiveness can now receive mercy because we have Jesus, we who deeply long to see purity in our life and the world can see how the purest of purity is the beauty of God because Jesus has come. We who work and strive for peace in the world and caught in the middle between the two conflicting groups have peace because we know Jesus. Let me tell you the word that you've come in for today that you didn't know. The word for you this week is Jesus. If you start in your life, I have all of those things in Jesus, which means you realize there is nothing you can do to attain God's favor. Church is full of people who are trying, trying to get right, trying to be more pure in heart, trying to hunger and thirst after righteousness, trying to do it any other. And Jesus said, look, you can't do it. All you need to do is find it in me. So when Jesus says, suffer little children to come unto me, why can children get to God quicker because they know the answer to every Sunday school quiz, by the way, is Jesus. Have you noticed that? If you're in doubt, just say Jesus. You'll get the answer right at some stage at every level in your life. Whatever you've come in carrying, if you are sick in your body right now, let me tell you the answer, the word for you is Jesus. If you're struggling with low self-esteem, if you're struggling with negative, the answer is Jesus. If you have an issue with doubt, the answer is Jesus, okay? Because here's the truth, right? I want to move you into your understanding. If you can go with me this, and I'm going to about to finish. Okay, so if the band can jump up, just kind of let me know that they are going and play something really anointed. So can you do that? Okay, good. So, you know, this is the whole thing, okay? There is words and meaning, all right? The Bible and translations are full of different words. The truth of what you're looking for in this series is the meaning. So I've just given you a word, Jesus, okay? Has no power unless you understand its meaning. It's a word. So its meaning is Jesus is the Son of God. Its meaning is that Jesus came down to that mountain today and started that new covenant when all people could be returned back to himself. That's its meaning. It's meaning that when he died on the cross and he died, he kicked death in the teeth. 
By his stripes we are healed. The meaning is that Jesus is our healer. Can I have an amen? Because I think I'm really on a good subject here. I really do. And I'm not looking for affirmation, but I'm trying to build faith in you because there is somebody in this world who's trying to rob you of your destiny and the fact that you can win by saying I'm getting to bury Jesus. Consumerism takes Jesus out of the equation and buries him and says this Coca-Cola drink or this McDonald's or these five guys is more important or this watch or this iPad is more important. And Jesus is saying, that will not meet your innermost need. If you are struggling with a sin in your life and there's addictions going on and things like that and you know you've got this in there, God, how do I do it? The answer is not the word, but the meaning that Jesus came. And I want to tell you the grace of God, every one of your sins, every one of your failings was nailed to that cross and he bore our sin. And when he bled and died, it was for your guilt, for every one of your sins. I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that to tell you there's nothing you can do to break the habit of sin in your life except recognize that Jesus carried it. Through this series, we're going to learn a life-winning culture. We're going to learn about life-winning relationships. We're going to learn about life-winning finances. We're going to learn about life-winning foundations. We're going to learn about life-winning spirituality. And let me tell you, those three winning pathways are going to apply through. If you put God first, for example, in your money, and then you challenge, because when, I, when we talk about money, by the way, you're going to oscillate inside in your flesh, because that's just God dealing with something in you by which you think money is your foundation, your security. You know what? When you learn to give to God, He starts to unplick that and says, actually, I'm your source. I am your blessing in your life. And when you do, I'm going to teach you into how we can give and be generous. And it breaks the hold of this, this, this influence on our life, you know, because it's upward, it's inward, it's outward. It's a winning pathway. I want us to start us on that journey. Prayer. We'll finish on prayer. Sermon of the Mount, just something great about prayer. We're going to get into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, God is going to do something on the inside. And then he's going to take us out and start to show himself in. Let me finish with this. The Duke of Wellington and Napoleon Bonaparte, for those who love history, will love this. They were both born in the same year, 1769. They were both born on an island and they, they both became fatherless in early childhood. They both had four brothers and they had three sisters. Both of them attended military school in France and at the same time, both became lieutenant colonels within a day of each other. Both excelled at mathematics and both were incredible soldiers. Both of them commanded great armies and both are remembered for what happened at the Battle of Waterloo, where one became a victor and the other one was defeated. I want this to be a day by which you choose to walk away from the lies of the enemy who tells you that you are a loser. And you walk into your future with your hand in the living God that tells you that you are a winner. I want you to choose Jesus today in every area of your life. I want you to choose Jesus to look up, to invite him in, and then start to reach out 
And I want you to stand, if I can, because I want to finish in prayer. Just everybody stand. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. Just close your eyes. I'm going to do this in stages. The first stage is, if you have been struggling with a word that has told you that you are a loser and that you are beaten by whatever it is you're going through, and this morning you want to break that by looking to God, by looking to Jesus, who wants to bring you over the next few moments as I'm talking, I want you just to get out your seat and I want you just to come and stand as an act of faith. Whatever that issue is, I can promise you, you do not have to share it. It could be just between you and God, but we will stand with you and we're going to pray that this winning, victorious spirit comes over your life. Does anybody want to come and stand? Come on. You know, I'm going to break that in my life. God loves those who come to him. Thank you, Tim. Good. God's going to move, by the way. You know you're wrestling with stuff. You know I'm going to bring change. Come on. I love people who just first follow us first. They've got faith. They move. I, I want to break that in my life. Anybody else who wants to break? So if there's addictions in your life, you want to break something, come forward. If there's sickness and you need prayer, you go, I need that breaking over my life because I want to break God in it. If some of you are going through financial struggles, I want you to come and stand, okay? It's all right. It's a faith moment. God is good. I'm just waiting for a few more people to come because God is working, by the way, so I know you're here. All I want you to do is just reach to Jesus. Uh, we're going to come and get people to come and pray with you in a moment. Just come and step forward if you can, just a little bit, just to let more people come behind. Thank you. If you don't know Jesus this morning, and what I've said to you, while you've been listening and you know your relationship with God needs to be dealt with and you need to come and give your life to Jesus this is an opportunity to join with us and come and stand with us and say I'm giving my life to Jesus I'm struggling with this I want to follow Jesus I want you to come and just join us and that's your statement of faith still there are people wrestling with things going I know I should be up there alright but this is between you and God and I know this because I think God is sharing that with me come and stand with me anybody else Okay, guys, God always rewards those who have faith. I want you to know that. And so I want you to believe God is about to bless you in an incredible way. So everybody else, you're part of this blessing. Close your eyes and put your hands over them now and start to pray blessing and release that God's going to start to move. I want the team to come around and just start to now, as, I, as we're referring, just start to, if you're on the prayer ministry team, just come and put your hands on people and just start to pray. Come on, God is just doing something.